The San Jose Sharks begin a five-game road trip, and it probably went the worst way possible. They head to the hockey capital of the world and get destroyed. Well, let's talk about it right now here on Teal Town After Dark. Good evening, Sharks fans all over the world and in Sharks territory and Leafs Nation. I'm sure you're celebrating this too. By all means, have fun in the Super Chat. Welcome to Teal Town After Dark. This is your live San Jose Sharks post-game therapy session. I mean, post-game show. If you want to be part of the show, here's how you do it. Chat with us and fellow hockey fans all over the world on the YouTube page or the app. Of course, follow us on the social with all of them there, make sure you hit that subscribe button here on the YouTube channel and find everything at tealtownusa.com. And if you want to be uh, generous with a donation, you could do that in the YouTube Super Chat or hit us up on Venmo at tealtownusa. And with that, oh God. Mark Eisenberg, how are you, my friend? I've been better. Um, <laughs> I have had better luck in the recent podcast that I've done this season. Uh, I'm <laughs> so sorry. Is not one of those nights. <laughs> to quote Eric Carlson, not even close. <laughs> I, I mean, and Felix, you're right. No, but seriously, it is what it is. I, I don't, what else is there even to say? You're right. Good night, everyone. <laughs> no, kidding, kidding. Um, I, 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 this this is just um, is it players is it this I mean I know Drew was adamant saying it's not the coaching staff um, and that they have to figure things out I mean how many times are we unfortunately going to say this over and over and over again my friend yeah I think um, I mean this was one of the lowest points of the season tonight. And I know we've had worse scores, but my God, just watching them. Uh, I mean, is that, this is like what I envision when you see an NHL team playing like an ECHL team. Like they just couldn't even get the puck out of their zone. I mean, I think there are times where it might've been eight minutes in a row where the puck was either in the neutral zone or in the shark zone. Uh, and it's just painful painful to watch it it, it was just bad and, and i think we just kind of hit on what felix just said honest question does tonight feel worse than those 10 goal against losses at the beginning of the season i mean it, it's it's close i mean the way that toronto scored a lot of these goals especially you know the first two minutes of the second period i mean it was ugly like absolutely ugly. Um, yeah, and a lot of the time it looked like the Leafs were pretty much playing in a beer league game. They were passing easily in the zone. They were kind of trying some cutesy plays here and there. Like it's just, it looked like they were knew that they were just going to coast through this game, and it was going to be easy for them. Oh, I, I I look forward to some of the comments coming out of the Leafs locker room. To be quite honest. I'm I'm wanting to hear them say it was an easy game for us, you know, and everything. And of course, this doesn't help 
when Martin Jones is in net after everything that the Sharks had to do. So uh, you have Martin Jones who who allowed one goal uh, against the Sharks on Saturday. I think he had a shutout against L.A. Uh, he he was seven and three entering tonight, and it just seemed like it was. I thought the Sharks looked like they hung in there a little bit early on, but when Morgan Riley scored, you know, with like three minutes to go in the period, it's like something doesn't seem right, and these and the Sharks seem to be hemmed in their zone a lot. Yeah, I think the first few shifts they came out with some speed. They looked okay. Um, I really felt the. I want to say they pretty much started slacking, I want to say, halfway through that first period, maybe towards the later portion of that first period. But it's just once the Leafs took control, there was just no letting up. Um, I think even when the Sharks scored their goal, I didn't really see a ton of momentum coming out of that. Um, There were a few good shifts here and there. But, yeah, it was it was all Leafs. For yeah. about forty-five minutes of that game, yeah. and and the you know the worst part on the Riley goal, and I think I have have it queued up here uh, with this screenshot. So you see Granlin, uh, you know, along the boards. Nylander's getting ready to pass. I don't know what Zetterlin's doing there to try to intercept it, but no one sees you know Riley by himself, you know, and, and then next thing you know. You know, he's skating in and it's like Emerson's getting his guy. You know, I, I don't remember who was in front of the music, in front of the uh, net with uh, Kakinen. And everybody's got their guy. But these two are playing high and it's just way out of way out of sync. And, and Riley ends up, you know, skating in all alone. And nice shot, though. I mean, goodness. Yeah, they had some, I mean, not to take anything away from the Leafs, they definitely had some nice goals. Um, I particularly liked uh, Matthew's goal, um, which I think was the second one yeah. of the game, followed very quickly after. But <laughs> yeah, yeah they, the Leafs, you know, they played a good game. I, I don't want to take away from what they did. Um, <laughs> it's just <laughs> considering the opponent in this case, you know. Yeah. And so that made a one nothing. You touched it on touched on it there. Uh, the Leafs would have a power play. Uh, I think it was Barbie with a with an awful oh uh, an awful holding call. I don't think I've seen that type of holding call since the whole crackdown on obstruction in 0405. It was that bad, and it sets up Matthews and Marner playing, you know, tic tac toe like it's you know warm ups, and then you know San Ramon, California's Austin Matthews. One time sent in on a ridiculous shot to make it two nothing after, and that made it was after twenty minutes. Uh, I mean, you still thought, okay, they're still hanging in there. Yeah, I mean, it, it, game definitely wasn't over. Um, I could see the tide shifting a bit there. Um, on that penalty, though, I, I think I it was the one time all game where I actually got a little bit animated here watching it because I was just like. I've seen that way too many times this season where a Sharks player takes a dumb penalty yep. in the offensive zone. It's like, I, I don't know. I mean, this has been common knowledge in the NHL forever that coaches hate when you take penalties in the offensive zone. Just don't right. do it. But that one also is like no threat. It's not like the guy had any speed. He literally has his arm around him with the ref, which the refs are always kind of looking for. And right. Just, 
you put your hand up and you draw attention. It's just like, what are you doing? I, I don't understand that penalty. I, I don't understand why you wouldn't why you wouldn't move your feet. And I think mm-hmm. there was a lot of puck watching and, and a lot of things I think there's uh, we'll get into a little later, but it's like, you know, come on. Mm-hmm. Guys, you know, make it make it happen or something, my goodness. But, you know, we we're thinking, oh, it's too nothing, it's not too bad. But then, you know, not even well, maybe a little over two minutes in, you have Marner with a ridiculous shot. I mean, chip, poke check, whatever you want to call it. He just like doinked this the puck in and it probably has like a little piece of a puck missing you know, out of it to make it three, nothing. And then the highlight, I mean, uh, of all things, the highlight goal of the night was, you know, Holmberg's goal out muscles burrows with one hand with his other hand. He just flicks it, you know, and to make it four, nothing. I mean, if it wasn't over when it was two, nothing, it was definitely over at four, nothing uh, on this one. You know? Yeah, and I think you could see the anger in Kakinen after that goal. Oh, yeah. um, I think he thought he should have had it, which to some degree I think he should have. It was a great individual effort by Holmberg, but I mean, when a guy's got one hand on his stick, there's only so many things he can do. <sighs> and I feel like Kakinen really probably should have been a bit more aggressive there. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to place blame on him because, again, like he was just getting peppered with shots. But, yeah, um, yeah I mean, at that point, for nothing, you know, I think the writing was on the wall as for how this game was going to go. Yeah, it was painful, and you thought four nothing. Okay, they can contain them, you know, and calm it down. I mean, the Sharks would get on the board thanks to uh, a Benoit uh, hooking call. Henry Thrun, congratulations! I know you don't want to, fe- you're not feeling congratulatory, and I feel for the kids. Like you're down four nothing, you score your first NHL goal, and it's like, yay! Yeah, I mean that was the one highlight of the night, I guess. You know. Happy for him. I think he's had some good moments recently. Um, so I'm very happy for him to get on the scoreboard um, and score his first career goal. Yeah. And, and an interesting setup, too. Uh, putting him, well, not that, no, no, that, sorry, that was graphic, folks. Um, but an interesting setup there where, you know, he's in the, almost like in the middle of the slot, not even at the point, and he's pinching in and, and somehow Grandlin feeds, feeds a hard pass to him that just, deflected over Jones in that one to make it 4-1. Um, but good on the kid. I feel so bad for him, though. Like, oh, my gosh. Not uh, the kind of game you want to score your first career goal. No, in, right? like, no. You want to forget this game. Oh, my gosh. It, it, you want to forget it, but at the same time, it's like, um, you know, uh, it, and I know Darren Stevens had a stat for uh, yes, uh, for more, most first goals allowed on goalie since 2015-16, the year the Sharks went to the Cup. Remember, they went to the Cup final, folks, if you, if you happen to forget. Uh, Martin Jones is tied for third on most uh, goals, or most first NHL goals allowed uh, with John Gibson, Craig Anderson at 22, and Jacob Markstrom at 23 are the only ones that are... A little bit higher up on there uh, for that. And then the third period, I mean, let's just torment ourselves a little bit. You know, McCabe, 5-1, no one saw him behind him. Uh, you know, 
Sabarin, a great call up. I, I, he's learning. He's learning well at 31 to take dumb penalties. I'm shocked Matthews didn't want to look at it, the back of his jersey. Uh, Marner gets his 17th, and then not even a minute 54 later, Nick Robertson, who's been having issue uh, staying in the lineup, he gets his sixth goal of the season. That would be it. Seven-one uh, final. Um, all in all, fugly. Very fugly. Um, yeah, this was one of those games I think we were all kind of just like wanting it to be over. You know, I, when I in the beer league I play in, once a team goes up by seven, they do running clock usually. Mm-hmm. Um, this is one of those games where it wasn't quite up by seven, but I would have loved some running clock. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's like seriously, it'd be nice to let's just let's just get to the show. It'd be great. It'd be great. You know, uh, uh, yeah, you know, it, it, it's tough looking, looking at the chat, Ricky Barton Slager. Uh, I see you're chiming in big time tonight. Uh, that's a team that hasn't made it to the third round of playoffs in a half a century shows you how far behind the sharks are. If you aren't on team tank, you have a half a decade to join us. Uh, Rob, I'm in serenity now, serenity now. <laughs> Burge, I appreciate your optimism. Mathematically, the Sharks are a 103-point team if one were optimistic. Um, you know, it, it's, you know, Dave mentioning, you were saying it's absolutely a coaching issue amongst other things. Uh, Ricky mentioning, I hate the culture concept. It's so insane. It's the equivalent of saying by the power of friendship and good vibes, that's not how it all works. Don't we wish? Don't we wish, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, John Patrick, uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, that music must be what the Sharks hear any time they find out another game's coming. Uh, I mean, to that Leafs comment, um, I love trashing the Leafs and their history more than anyone, but the one thing they are good at actually is the regular season. So I don't know if I a hundred percent agree with that comment. Like the last like four or five years, they've been a pretty dominant regular season team. They just always choke in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't understand what it is. I mean, I know the game changes in the playoffs, but Toronto is so talented in everything. It just, it mind boggles me where they're at. And the worst, I guess the worst part for sharks, uh, fans is that Martin Jones might be their guy for the foreseeable future until at least, you know, uh, oh, why why am I not thinking of the other goaltender? You know, Sam, oh, no, no, I was going to say oh, Sam, Toronto. Okay. Yeah, I'm talking about, you know, um, it's not Samsonov, but uh, why am I why am I blanking on him? But uh, until they get back, but yeah, let's let's just have Martin Jones lead lead the Leafs to a Stanley Cup. Uh, just have back-to-back years where Hill and Jones, you know, heck, next year why not let why not let it be freaking uh, Aaron Dell or something? I mean, I mean, after why not? Why not? I was thinking that would be pretty hilarious oh, in a sad know. way for Sharks fans if Jones was to lead the Leafs yeah. far in the playoffs after what happened last year with Aiden yeah. Hill. Um, but eh, it's the yeah. time of it's the time in our franchise history just piled on, right? Oh yeah, it, it it is, you know, and it's and it's tough to uh, it, it's tough to paint. This is this has been uh 
an absolute disgusting one uh, of what we're going on with here. So, yeah. Uh, Jesse L. mentioning, you sound if that Sabrin got a chance. He's been a rare bright spot for the Barracuda. Yeah. Nine goals on t in 29 games. I mean, it's it's nice. It's nice to see. Uh, I know he wanted to bring some, some physicality. Uh, you just got to be careful with your stick in the third period. You know, it's just a just awful uh, to take it and it ends up being two more goals to add more salt into the wounds. Joseph Wall. That's, that was that's, the other goal, yeah. That's the old, thank you, Burge, for that one. That's the one I was thinking about. Uh, he's been lights out for the Leafs until he got hurt, uh, giving Martin Jones that chance. Uh, Felix asking the question in the chat, Mark, how are you feeling about the Sharks goalie pipeline, um, for the foreseeable future? Um, honestly, I haven't ever felt good about the goalie pipeline since like the days of Kiprasov and Nabokov. But, um, I think, I don't know. I, I haven't really watched the CUDA enough this year to really get any vibes on those guys. I'd have to defer to Lacey and Ian a little bit more for that. But in terms of the guys we've got, I still have a feeling we're going to trade one of them, right? I think Kakinen or Blackwood, one of them's got to go um, just because other teams are interested. And if you can get any sort of assets for them, I think you do it. And I, I don't know, goalie's just such a tricky position. I never, like unless you have one of those really good young players like what was his name? Wallstead and um, Askarov, who are like dominating at every level and they just look a level above their competition. Then I feel like I'd have some confidence. But even when you have a guy playing really well in the AHL, like I just, I don't know. Like if you think back to when we acquired McAniemi from Caroline in the Burns trade, they talked about him as being like one of the like centerpieces of that trade that we all kind of were like, eh, about. Um, and I don't know. Like he was doing well with them there, but. Has he really done anything with the Sharks and the Cuda? I, I, I don't know. It's, it's hard to say. Um, so I, I will say I'm definitely not feeling good. It's the position I think we're probably weakest at across the board um, for our future. And that's saying something because the offense has been absolutely atrocious lately. And I think Ian's reading it in Sabrin is fine. But for a team that could use more goals, maybe stop calling up fucking grinders. Yeah. And the concern I have is that are they wanting to have grinders and not scores? Because if you're doing that, then you need grinders, and the grinding there's nobody grinding up here right now uh, for the Sharks. And if you're grinding and you're not scoring, you're not winning. And the Sharks tried to be tough in their first couple years, and that got them 129 losses uh, before they moved to uh, the Shark Tank. It's, yeah, and on that note, like, what point do some of your prospects get irritated? Like, I, I know none of them right. should feel really entitled because as good as Gushin plays in the AHL, like, I don't know if he's secured himself as an NHL player yet, but at the same time, like, give some of these guys more of a chance. Like, what is um, Saber going to do for us? Like, what what is he going to do? Like, he's going to come up and fill a few minutes and then back to the AHL, like, I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm the same wavelength where it's like I appreciate patience with prospects. I don't want to throw them into a gauntlet and like potentially ruin their career. But at the same time, like dangle a carrot, put them in the NHL for a few games, a few weeks. And if they're playing well, keep them there. Like Gushin's looked good in the few games he's played up. Yeah. I mean, looking looking at the time on ice, uh, he had the uh, Sabrin had the fewest uh, minutes at 11, 12. Uh, had five hits, four penalty minutes, 
nothing nothing on the score sheet other than that so you know okay uh you look at Mario Ferraro minus 3 who played 25 minutes that's that's a tough one to swallow for everybody um it, it it's it, yeah i mean you look at why isn't why isn't uh Gushin maybe getting the call up i know Bordelos hurt so there's nothing there but i mean it's it's tough yeah and sj sharks fan 39 give the fans something to be excited about the sharks are unwatchable um you know it's 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 tough to swallow it's it's pain and, and the barracuda are about to get underway right now if you're watching us live and it's and you're hoping for something here and uh you know and Ricky saying Gushin one point below a point per game in the NHL and they treat him like he's produced no results is baffling yeah and again I think it's also his the way he's looked in those games like Sure. Anyway, I mean, some people can get lucky and get three points in four games, I think is what he has. But he's looked good in those games. If you go back to those games, I think he could even have a couple more goals. Um, He had some really good shots and some good opportunities and he was creating offense. And if you're doing that at the NHL level, I think you should be rewarded with more opportunities, especially on a team as thin as the Sharks in that department. Right, because after all, and you kind of hit it on the head earlier, it's like, Okay, if he's getting called up and this guy's getting called up, what am I doing wrong to not get called up? Yeah. I mean, granted, I know we're, a lot of us are Team Tank. I don't think we were expecting this bad of Team Tank um, for that. But, you know, it's it's got to be a head scratcher for some of these prospects to be like, okay, what am I doing? You know, and Aaron Jack saying it's all about celebrating right now don't worry you know it's yeah it and Jules and and my girlfriend we were at the game on Saturday we're like starting to trying to start a celebrating chant in the stands so it's like oh man come on yeah I mean I I, obviously that's how I'm thinking every single day um because it just would be a franchise changer to get him right but I don't want to add more like negativity to this conversation, but like we still have to win the lottery. So it's like, right. You know, it, and how many teams that finished worst have won the lottery? I don't have those stats, but I don't think it's very good. It hasn't um, been great. Yeah. So as much as we all want Celebrini, which again would be a dream would be fantastic. Um, and I think it really would be a great story too, um, yeah. due to his background. I just, I'm trying not to get my hopes too much on that. And I'm trying to more focus on like what we already do have and like more also some of the inevitable things. Like we do have two picks in the first round this year and like things like that, that, you know, we're not relying on a ping pong ball to kind of determine our future. Right. Right. And, um, but Celebrini did score another goal tonight. I was watching the <laughs> U game <laughs> um, on my iPad while watching the Sharks on the big screen. Nice. Uh, well, let's talk about as we transition out of the game and what the Sharks do have. In your mind, what do the Sharks have? I mean, you saw Will Smith do his thing at the World Juniors. Some were a little meh about his performance. Uh, but what el- what else have you seen and what else have you have you liked and what's out there for eventually 
coming up and wearing teal and be very successful. Yeah, sure. Um, and I wrote a little bit about this. So if people want to check it out, go t- check out Teal Town USA's um, website. But I did a review of the World Junior Championship. And I think overall for the Sharks prospects, we had six of them there. It was a pretty good tournament. Um, some players obviously did a lot better than others. And some were a bit surprising in how well they did. Um, so obviously starting off with Will Smith, I think he had a good tournament, especially since it's his first time there. And overall he got better as the tournament went along and he had his best performances in the final two games which i think is a big statement for him you know he was the one who rallied kind of usa um when they were behind and he was creating a lot of opportunities so that was actually really good to see um i've been somewhat disappointed in some of his performances but i also think that's somewhat of his game that he's developing He's a guy who kind of finds his moments and then shines, um, which I think he's still a bit of a project in in the sense that I don't think he's NHL ready. And I think he probably should use another year of college. Um, but in the same sense, the talent is there. So we'll see what happens with him over the next few years. Um, but the guys who did really surprise me aren't maybe not even surprised, but impressed me um, were Havilid, who uh, is a Swedish defenseman. He looked really good. He's a great skater, good shot. And I think while he's a bit undersized, he definitely um, is one of our top defensive prospects. Uh, so giving us some depth there in that position. And then also um, Furlong for Canada, another right. defenseman. He looked really solid in a defensive way. Um, he was one of their better players in the tournament. And even though they got knocked out fairly early for in Canada terms, um, I thought he was one of their better defensemen. And I don't think he's going to be a guy who's expected to produce much offense at the next level. But I think he's a guy who could be a real solid middle pairing defenseman and provide good quality defensive minutes. Yeah, I, but, I, um, I, we, oh, I was going to say we need the defensive help. That'll, yeah, that'll be importantly. And that's the thing. Guys like him will give us a little bit added depth there for some of the other higher um, level defensive prospects we have. Um, and then the last one I want to say on is Beastead, who I thought actually kind of disappointed me. Um, after uh, a huge tournament last year. Right. Now, again, he was on a line with Leo Carlson, which will make anyone look a bit better. But I thought he was very dominant in the tournament last year. And I thought he looked a, a step above most of his competition. Whereas this year, um, I mean, he was just a ghost after the first few games. And those first few games where he was putting up points were against some of the teams that usually get dominated. Um, so, I, I mean... I don't have any delusions about his upside. I think at the NHL level, he's still probably slated to be more of a third line center and a good one at that. Um, He's got good size. He's got good skating, but I expected more in what is going to be his last world junior championship tournament because he'll be aged out of it after this year. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how, how everything develops here. I mean, it is a critical time. and, And like the chat said, you need something to get excited about here. Um, and speaking of getting excited, if you're an Ontario Rain fan, you're excited. You're up one nothing in this game. <laughs> oh, not even what? Four minutes into the game? Oh, boy. Um, so, in getting some of the comments from uh, the locker room, Quinn's saying this is worse than, than the 10-goal losses. Um Again, it was probably just because of the execution uh, of it all. But it's like, ugh. But uh, 
Are, is there a concern? I know and when I look into Reddit, and Reddit can just be as bad as Twitter at times, is there a concern that you see Bedard, who's injured now, you see Carlson, uh, and you see Fantilli up with their teams and having some success, and you see Smith playing at BC, you know, not getting pro time yet, or, you know, I personally wouldn't be concerned. Um, I think that's just kind of the nature of, you know, what was available at the time. I mean, I think really the only other person outside those top three who possibly was NHL ready um, was Mitchkov, but he also has that whole Russia issue with right. like, contract being signed there. So um, I don't think it's really a concern. I mean, I really think Will Smith, if he develops correctly, could end up being in the same conversation of two of those three. I don't think he'll ever match Bedard's level, but I think if he develops the right way, um, it might be a year or two later. But he absolutely has the upside of playing at the level of, say, Carlson or uh, Fantilli. It's just a matter he's one of those guys who needs a few years. I mean, people will remember back um, to, say, even Kale McCarr. Defenseman, different position, but he played two years of college, and he was fourth overall. Um, and some of these players, that's just their trajectory. They need that college year to get bigger, to round out some of their game. Um, and college is a good place for a player like Will Smith. So I think um, if after next year he's not going pro and I'm not seeing more progress in his game, I might start to get concerned. Um, but at the moment, I'm not panicking. Are you concerned with, I mean, and again, he's injured. Are you concerned with how Bordalo has been in the minors? Yes. So Bordalo is one of those guys that I feel like I don't know if he's plateaued or his development has peaked or maybe just the fact that he hasn't been in the NHL has been eating at him or something. But um, two years ago when he came up, I, I, I saw a lot of talent there. And I think by this point, I would expect him to be kind of dominating the AHL if I thought he was going to have a really um, successful NHL career. I'm not ruling out. NHL for him I think he's got a lot of the talent to be there but I think the questions about him have always kind of been his game away from the puck um, and some of his consistency issues so yeah with his with him I definitely have some concerns and I no longer think of him kind of like a shark's top prospect part of that is because of how good we've been drafting and how high our draft picks have been but yeah concern has definitely creeped into his trajectory for me yeah and that that's a bummer because I, I think that's where the frustration and the disappointment in the organization has might have hurt his progress, uh, to uh, for lack of a better term. Uh, Ian saying, "I agree that Bystead's game should translate really well to North America on the on the smaller ice. Uh, hopefully, uh, and I've, you know, it's it's got to be you got to start seeing some progress." You gotta start seeing some progress by by next season. Uh, I I don't think he can go another year with with it being this bad. Uh, yeah, and uh, I think it, he's gonna come over to North America after this season ends with his team in Sweden. So um, I think, and again, if he does become a third line center, that's actually a great result um, for a guy who's taken twenty seventh overall. So I'm not trying to necessarily say I'm really negative on Bstead. I think I never really thought he'd be much more than a second line center. So even if he turns into a third line center who's responsible to zone end and can contribute offensively, I think that's a really good result from that pick. Yeah. 
Uh, let's go with Jerry F. Thank you for your super chat donation. Thanks as usual for the great Teal Town USA coverage. Appreciate you, Jerry. You know, and uh, you know, Ricky mentioning you know Bordalo looks less creative. I think he's worse than he was years ago. Like the hammering of the defensive responsibilities and projectable offense has killed what was special about him. And that's that's a tough part to, to have because we saw highlights like crazy when he was in college and just hasn't materialized in the pro level yet. Yeah, and I think a lot of times that's what ends up separating these good pros from guys who you thought might be based on their performance at the lower levels. I think, look, everyone at the NHL level, unless you're elite offensively, has to have some sort of defensive responsibilities. Like you look at some guys, even 40-goal scorers who've had issues. You look at a guy like Line A, right? Like this guy scored right. 40 goals multiple times. And he even has issues with the teams he's been on. Um, so, I mean, Bortolo is not like anyone special when you're thinking about that. He has to be someone who's going to be able to be trusted by his NHL coach. And if a guy's out there making a few nice plays, but then, you know, he's responsible for goals against, no NHL coach is going to like that. Yeah. No. And, and you, you need to have some sort of two-way play, even if ex- how exceptionally gifted you are yeah. uh, offensively. So. Uh, Kuda's still up one nothing as uh, about well, a little over seven minutes gone into the game there. Uh, that game is on NBC Sports California, so once you're uh, finished with us, head on over to uh, enjoy that one uh, for the sake of our sanity. Please win. Um, and Jules, I don't know if you're watching. I know you're at the game, so hello to you. I hope you're having a good time. Uh Nice to run into or nice to meet up with her on Saturday after that nightmare. Uh, but we do have a comment from Mitch Marner about how the game went tonight. And that was, uh, oh, so bad. Um, I mean, you know, it's you know, it's bad when when the players are telling you how bad it's getting. And that zoom in shot was. I think that's what that's what got the uh, got me uh, all riled up. Unfortunately, yeah. Uh, if you see guys celebrating like that on the bench, then you know they're having a really good time, um, yeah. and they're at that point where they're mentally taking it a bit easy. Yeah. Uh, Quinn, on how much losing is weighing on the Sharks? Uh, pardon my French in advance, folks. And this is probably why we didn't get any uh, clips, but. Boy is losing fucking hard. It wears on you. Unless you're going through it, it's really difficult to explain to anybody. When you fucking lose, it's hard. It wears on you day and night, 24-7. Um, That's the thing I worry about with some of the players' mentalities. You yeah. Know, it's, it's not fun losing, and it's even less fun losing like this. You know, it's embarrassing. Yeah. It's... It's demoralizing. I just, I don't know. I, I really wonder, especially like you look at Eklund right now. I wonder where his head is yeah. at because he's been struggling. Um, and, you know, for young players to be exposed to that. And that's kind of one of the reasons why sometimes I understand them keeping some of the younger players in the minors. But it's, I, I, I don't know. I can't imagine how tough it must be for these guys right now. It, it, it's it got to be because I'm going through. It's like he had a point against Winnipeg on the fourth. Uh, but... I'm trying to see when his last goal was, and 
and it was it was against Winnipeg, and I believe that was the game winning goal. So he he's been on a twelve game schneid since, yeah, uh, only having one point. And you know, this was a kid who was who was on a roll in that road trip, and it it just is painful to see. So yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of painful things to see, how about the, um, the craziness that happened in Philly last night, right? The (laughs) Tergocier trade that has been a news story that's worth following today. I mean, I feel like every couple hours there's someone else coming out with a new quote or a new bashing. (laughs) It's just like (laughs) nonstop. I don't think I've ever seen an organization trash somebody like the flyers did within two hours of that trade. Yeah. Uh, and all this coming from an organization who took advantage of a player who didn't want to be in their current team about 30 some odd years ago with Lindros. So I digress, but I mean, Jamie Drysdale, hope you have fun in Philly. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, right. And now his best bud, Zegris, uh, since they're like now split, and then Zegris gets hurt tonight. So it's been an interesting couple days for the Ducks, for those guys. But, I mean, in the end, I think both franchises probably did the best they could with those trades, you know? Yeah. Ducks come away with a, a future potential power forward, and then the Flyers, knowing that a player never wants to play with them, still came away with a guy who was sixth overall a few years Mm -hmm. ago and a second-round pick. So um, I think they did fairly well. Yeah, I think it's going to be nice. They wanted some defense. They got it in Drysdale. Um, eh. But uh, it's kind of funny. I was watching Insider Trading on TSN before the game started, and they were talking about, well, maybe they start talking about moving Trevor Zegers. And then he gets hurt. Interesting thought. Yep. Right. And then, then you also heard later on that, well, Pierre Laurent says that Couture and Hurdle, no, we're going to stay throughout this year. But Hurdle mentioned to LeBron, eh, we'll maybe reevaluate things uh, after after this season. That one hurts. Yeah, that's an interesting one. He's. He's been our fan favorite for quite some time, right. and you, that that I think really points to how much it's been weighing on him. What's yeah. going on? Because he's not the kind of guy I thought they would ever really want out of San Jose. Right. But if he's saying that, that means it's on his mind. Yeah, it's on his mind in January. Just yeah. think how you got. You know, you have forty-one games to go. We're at the halfway point, and that's going to think in your head. Now, mind you, and Ian's quick to mention this there he has a full no move clause i we can't blame doug wilson on this one folks uh, and this one was joe will mm-hmm. um on on that one um you know it's just it's just crazy and yeah felix you, you mentioned about the goche trade in our in our group group chat you know the whole Oh, but Philly might have an overage, a bonus overage now, or beforehand. And I think Kurz said that they already had an overage on it. So it's just crazy. And January is kind of like, I want to say the dog days of winter, but it's like, okay, things just very little, slightly percolating right now. 
you know, nothing big's going to happen. And, you know, and of course, watch tomorrow. There'll be like a massive blockbuster trade. But yeah, that one was an interesting one for the hockey world, though. I mean, everyone's talking about it. (laughs) There's so much more news coming out. It's just a weird one because you don't see that every day, especially from a guy who's um, what, two years removed from being fourth or fifth overall. He's still playing at college. Just he wouldn't talk to them at a tournament. Like, it's just so weird it's just it's just a very interesting story i think there's still going to be even more things that come out but what i really can't wait for is his first game in philadelphia oh man oh man that'll be amazing that will be something else for sure don't think philly fans will forget it (laughs) they they don't if there's one franchise's fan base you don't want to hate you it's philadelphia yeah but that's but that's crazy so What's crazy also is the Sharks have lost 12 in a row, and Thursday afternoon they will take on Le Club de Hockey de Canadien. Uh, get your cheese curds and gravy with your fries, folks. It should be an interesting one there, as Montreal isn't exactly, you know, lights out. Uh, they they aren't the previous cup contending team that they used to be, if they even were, but I digress. Um, they they might have a chance to win this one, Mark. I I I have a I have a good hunch on it. It's one of those things. It's like how many games in a row can an NHL team actually lose? It's like this is when I start thinking. Okay, so tonight it doesn't matter who they're playing; they're going to win. Obviously, I was wrong with Toronto, but <laughs> Montreal—they're a 500 level team. Um, I mean, anything's possible. But you know, with the way. With the way players are skating out there, I'm not going to hold my breath. I just, I don't know if they're going to have another, you know, secret meeting, um, something to wake the guys up. But boy, if like if they play like they did tonight, I, I don't hold out much hope for the rest of this road trip. Yeah, it's, it's the. I mean, Montreal seven points out of a playoff spot, but surrounding them are teams that were expected to be having. Um, we're expected to be in playoff contention, you know, Washington at 44, Pittsburgh 44, Detroit 44. Buffalo was supposed to make the leap this year and they haven't. Uh Ottawa was supposed to make a leap and and they haven't. Um tough to see. It's tough to see. Uh and if they lose to Montreal uh, and Felix says it for me, I got serious questions about the about this team, you know. And and you know Jared saying you know who's the spark plug for the Sharks on this roster and I I I don't see one right now. Um, you know, Hurdle's I think every- the only one that I can think of who I think can like really take over a game if he if he's in the right like headspace. Like I don't, I don't think there's another player. Maybe Granlund. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. I was gonna say Granlund. You know, maybe there's some spark with Zetterlund. Mm-hmm. And who knows if Logan Couture makes his season debut yep. on Thursday, could he be a spark plug? But the, the tough part is, is that you, you don't want him to rush into things. I mean, depending on whatever the injury was, uh, you, you just hope that they come up with a better effort. Um, even if they lose like three, two, if it was an effort where it looks like you don't give a damn, um, it would be an improvement over what we saw here on uh, here tonight so yeah for sure i mean that's what that's what we're looking for right uh uh effort 
and a loss. <laughs> effort in a close loss. That's right. the ideal situation. So I think on that note, we will wrap things up in case you missed anything. Or you want to watch this again, check us out on tealtownusa.com or wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Google, YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeart, Odyssey. Of course, leave some love in our ratings and then some comments there as well. And of course, if you're watching us on YouTube, thank you very much. Hit that like button on the way out. Hit that subscribe button. And of course, that notification bell to let you know when we uh, go on the air. Uh, or if there's breaking news, if there's a trade to be announced or or something else happens, we will be here to break it all down for you. So, Mark, appreciate you, bud. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, your final thoughts before we uh, get out here on this Tuesday night. Just another day in this amazing tank season. So uh, stay strong, everybody. <laughs> oh, man. Tankini for Celebrini, folks. At least you're hoping for it. You know, our luck is uh, third overall will be our luck, you know. Uh, <laughs> Knock on wood. Yeah. Uh, you know, but, uh, Ian saying Montreal should be interesting, but they should beat the Sens. Ian, safe travels, my friend. Hope you have a great time in Ottawa on Saturday. Uh, you know, uh, Yaddy saying the Canadians have a minus 26 goal differential. The Sharks have a shot. <laughs> Hopefully they can get some shots. That that would be nice, um, because <laughs> I, I I think where are we at now for the Sharks? It's uh, minus ninety. Oh God! Halfway right. through the season. Yeah. So, thanks for watching. We'll be back with you Thursday following Sharks and. Montreal, appreciate each and every one of you joining us because trust us, this is pain. And until then, keep it real, keep it teal, keep it real teal. Have a great night, everyone. We will see you Thursday following Sharks and Montreal. <laughs>